The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In today's message, Elder John Morgan Owens begins dealing with the topic of faith. The prevalent teaching in the religious world is that everybody has a little faith, which they can exercise in some way to become a child of God. But what does the Bible say about this? The Bible teaches that there are some who have no faith, but thankfully there are others who do have faith, and that faith comes through the sovereign work of God in the new birth. Those who have had this faith implanted through the new birth have to exercise it in order for it to grow. Some of these have little faith, but some have great faith. Join us today as we begin looking at the matter of faith and the ways in which it can grow when we exercise it. But first, we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy. And then please stay tuned for the message. When the Lord
turn with me uh, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We'll start there. I want to talk to you tonight about um, a subject that just, just came on my mind sitting uh, uh, driving over here this afternoon. So also pray for me there. But I want, to, I want to talk about great faith, little faith, no faith, okay? And we, you know, we see those examples in Scripture of people with great faith. And then we see people you know, of little faith. And then we also see uh, times where there is no faith, okay? And so just so that we don't end on a downer, let's start with the no faith, okay? So 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the, Lord, that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. So, you know, this idea that is, that is very common, and I would say the majority of Christianity, is that everybody's got... Everybody's got the ability. Everybody's got the capability to believe God. And so the, the, uh, God is, has died on the cross, and now all you've got to do, he, he, is, he has purchased so much of it, now it's up to you to believe him, to accept it. And so under that understanding, under that doctrine, everybody's got a little something. Everybody's got a little good. Everybody's got a little faith. You know, the ability to believe but that's not what the Bible teaches as a matter of fact the Bible teaches that some men some people don't have faith at all right as a matter of fact that was that was us uh, before we were born again as we're in our in our dead natural state we don't have faith faith is one of the fruit of the spirit all right so you don't you don't have fruit unless there is a tree there within and so he says, for all men have not faith. And I love this. In verse 3, we have a stark contrast. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you uh, and keep you from evil. We've got, the, we've got man and God contrasted here. You've got, you've got men, not, not every man has faith. But yet God is a God who is faithful. All right, now let's go to... John chapter 8, and let's look at an example of some people who did not have faith. And I think you'll see the difference in what it looks like when somebody doesn't have faith as, as compared to somebody who does have faith. Uh, John chapter 8. And we'll settle in here around uh, verse 34. We're just going to jump into the middle of the context here just so we can save some time, but I don't think we're going to abuse it. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Man, what a beautiful, there's so much preaching in there. Let's just leave it for now. It says, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. Okay, so Jesus is, is once again having this, this debate with the people of all people who should believe him. 
These are the people who've had the law. These are, these are the Israelites. And they're debating with him. And, and he is saying, you're not believing. <laughs> you're not believing the words of my father. You're not going to have anything of my words. And then they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. <laughs> you know, that's like people who call themselves Christians. You know, of course I consider myself a Christian, but a Christian is someone who follows Christ. If you want to be a Christian, then you better be following Christ, right? <laughs> he said, no, 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 no. If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth. Man, can't you relate to that? I mean, the truth, if you want to make somebody mad, in, in today's, uh, today's culture, the truth will make people mad. Now, obviously, there is a way to tell the truth, okay? We, we, we understand that you don't, just, you don't just run in there and scream out the truth at somebody, you know? Uh, I always think of this example. They're on the strip at Tuscaloosa when I was a student. You would drive by, uh, you know, just middle of the day, and there was always this one particular uh, preacher who would stand out on the corner and just scream about, about you know, damnation coming and repent, you know, and all that kind of stuff, trying to scare people into heaven. And look, um, I mean, judgment is coming, okay? I mean, that is true, all right? Um, but the way that you tell it is not always appropriate, right? So uh, he says, I told you the truth, and now you want to kill me. Which I have heard of God, this truth, this did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. They Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. All right, so... Here are these men, and they get a dig on Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> the God of the universe, <laughs> the God who spoke this world into being and knows every atom and every molecule and knows every hair on your head, that God decided, because of the great love that he has for you, that he would leave immortal glory <laughs> and come down to be in this world and this nasty place, and this messed up, broken place, that he would take on flesh, that he would be God incarnate, that he would you know, minister and ultimately go to die on the cross for you, and here they have him in the flesh, and they, they try to insult him. You know, they, they are speaking here, of course, of, of the circumstances of his, of his birth, uh, of his mother. Of course, they didn't believe that she was uh, uh, pregnant of the, of the Holy Spirit. They, they were thinking that there was something else going on there, and so they thought he was born of fornication. And so here they are. They're, they're insulting his, his family. Now, if you've ever seen any westerns or any movies where people, you know, get in a, in a fist fight, it usually ends up with somebody insulting somebody's mama, right? And then it just goes downhill, right? <laughs> Well, they just insulted his mama. And, and Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, notice how, notice how calm he is. You would love me. 
For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You see, Jesus goes ahead and tells us that the reason that they don't get what he's preaching, the reason that they hate what he's preaching, is because they can't hear it. <laughs> they don't have faith. They don't have the capacity to understand what God is talking about. You know, and like I said, that's us in our natural state before God comes to you and saves you from that death and calls you to life. See, all men don't have faith. And if you don't have faith, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot understand. If, if, if you didn't have faith and Jesus were here in the flesh preaching the truth to you, then you would not believe it. Okay? Something has to happen first before you can believe. Something has to be implanted inside of you before you can believe. The, the faith has to be given to you. All right, so we see that these people that, with no faith, here they are, they have God in the flesh and they're trying to insult him. Let's look at some people who do have faith. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 8. All right, so now that we got the, the depressing side of it done with, let's just talk about people who have faith now, okay? Um, so the major distinction, we've got three categories we're talking about tonight. Great faith, little faith, and no faith. But really, there's two, there's two categories, really. It's people who have faith and people who don't have faith, okay? So the difference between the people who don't have faith is they can never see it without the intervention of God and giving them faith. They won't believe it. Uh, he resurrected people. He healed, he healed uh, sick people. He made blind to see, and they would not believe it even then. They're not going to believe it, okay? But then you've got other people, other people in Scripture, too many for us to count, really, too, many, too much for us to go through tonight. I'm, I wouldn't be able to hold up to it. But people who had far less evidence that they saw, far less things that they saw, and yet they glorified God. That's the people who have faith. That's, the, that's you as a born-again child of God. All right, so Matthew 8 and verse um, 23 and when he, speaking of Jesus, was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. In one of the, uh, the Gospels, they, they say, Carest thou not that we perish? What, what a... <laughs> Uh, you know, what an ironic statement, I guess. I guess that's the word you would use. They're coming to the God who cares about them so much that he would leave heaven to come and die for them. <laughs> and now when they get in a storm, they say, don't you care about us? And we give them a hard time, but the truth is we do that all the time. We, we come up on a problem and we say, why, why is this happening? Lord, don't you, don't you care? And maybe you don't verbalize that. Maybe you don't even articulate that in your prayer but you have a spirit because <laughs> I, I do it all the time you have a spirit of of not even believing that you would be going through something you would think that because you're a disciple of Christ that you wouldn't be going through problems well that's just not how it works 
you will go through problems. And so they said, Save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Now he's talking here to his disciples, to the people that he has called to follow him, to walk with him. These are people who have seen something in him, okay? And he says to them, O ye of little faith. There's a big distinction, okay, between people who don't have faith and people who have just a little faith. Now, of course, then Jesus arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? You see, they had faith, even if it was just a little bit. That doesn't mean... <laughs> That doesn't mean that you, that you understand completely everything about God. There, there is a faith that is given to you in the new birth. And you, don't even, you may not even understand um, the Bible, the concepts taught in it. You may not understand hardly anything about God, but you have faith within you. Okay, And you know something's different, right? These are men who were walking with him who had just a little bit of faith... And they still, they still marveled, and they said, What manner of man is this? Did, didn't you realize that you were with the king of glory when you were there with him? You see, just because you have faith doesn't mean that you, you understand everything about God because he is vast and limitless. All right, let's go to uh, Matthew 6 and verse, verse 25. Now this, may, uh, this may get you. He says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body uh, than raiment? Now if this is convicting to you, um, you know, it's convicting to me. But like I said, if it's convicting to you, that's not my fault, it's your fault, okay? <laughs> uh, this, is, this is probably one of the things that I struggle with the most, Okay. Is worrying about things, about stuff and things. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Do you, do you believe that Jesus, that God, cares for the birds? <laughs> that he cares for uh, the animals out there that don't have homes and don't have uh, houses and storehouses. He takes care of them. You know, anytime I get a little stressed about about finances and things like that, I sit there and I think about those. I think about those birds, like Jesus was talking about, that just fly around and they don't have a place where they store all their extra. They don't have a savings account. They just live off of what they can get that day. You know, and they're not they're not panicking, right? They. They're, they're there year after year. God provides even for the little sparrows. And then, and then you kind of remind yourself, aren't you better than the sparrows? <laughs> for, for what sparrow did he, did he shed his blood? Not one. He shed his blood for you. And if he shed his blood for you, don't you think he'll take care of you too? And he said, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, 
that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Okay, so that's a little convicting. <laughs> he tells us here, he uses that word again, little faith, in, in addressing people who worry about things. All right, now, I, I, I worry. You know, I have, I have uh, generalized anxiety. I have, I have issues with that. I worry about something. I don't even know what it is. But I can also worry about specific things, right? I can worry about, uh, you know, I can worry about, you know, how we're going to uh, make enough money to pay the bills, just like any of us do. I can worry about, uh, you know, the cars and the tires need rotated. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm thankful that we have a, a, an electric car. That's at least one less thing I don't have to worry about with the, uh, the oil getting changed, you know, and getting gas. But he says, ultimately, that all those problems of your worrying is not, <laughs> it's not about those things. The things aren't the problem. What's the problem? It's a faith problem. He says, O ye of little faith. Now, that's convicting to me, okay? So when you find yourself worrying about things, what would Jesus say? O oh, ye of little faith, why are you worrying about these things? Now that doesn't mean that you suddenly just immediately get better and you, and you stop worrying about things, but it is a good reminder, okay? That, that the heart of the problem is not, about, uh, is not about getting a better diet. It's not about, getting, it's not about working out more. It's not about um, you know, making more money so that you don't have to worry about these things. Look, all of those things may be good in their place, but the problem of worry is ultimately a problem of faith, all right? Can you strengthen your faith? Yes, I mean, the answer is yes. You, you are given faith. Faith is like a, a muscle. I think of it like that, okay? You can't do anything uh, with a muscle that doesn't exist, okay? And that's those people that have no faith. They can't exercise faith because they don't have it. But yet, if you have faith, if God has miraculously given you that muscle of faith, guess what you can do? You can use it. <laughs> you can exercise it. And so you can grow in your faith. You can, you can grow through enduring experiences. You can grow through uh, exercising, using your faith, getting in the Word, praying with, to the Lord. Those are things that strengthen that muscle of faith. And as Jesus said uh, to his disciples while they were in the garden, before, before it all went bad, before it all went down, Jesus was saying to them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. You see, it's before the temptation comes that we need to be praying. We don't wait till the temptation comes to ask the Lord for help. You need to be prayed up, as they say. You need to be praying and strengthening that muscle of faith. That way, when the storms of life come and those worries start to creep back in, maybe it's not little faith anymore. Maybe it's great faith there waiting at the door, you know, to, to, to push those worries away. He says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. All these, these are the things that the people of the world look at. 
And you're better than that, okay? You know, look, you are a nasty sinner, yes. <laughs> but you stand here before the presence of God clothed in His righteousness. You, you are kings and queens because of the, of, of the blood of Jesus Christ. So are you not better than, than those in the world? Now, look, we're, we, we, ought not to, we ought not to be an us versus them type people. You know, we realize that there are, there are some of us's out there in the world, okay? There's others of God's children out in the world. But ultimately, Jesus reminds us here that these things of the world, these, these things about raiment and food and drink and all these worries, those are things that people of the world worry about. Are ye not better than they? For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. God made you. He knows exactly what you need. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. This is something that I need a daily reminder of. Is when I wake up in the morning, I, 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 sometimes I get, I get everything, not sometimes, almost all the time, I get my priorities out of whack. And I think I need to go and I need to seek these other things first because if I get these things worked out, then the kingdom will work out and then we'll, I'll be able to focus on my study tonight. You know, That's not how it works. But if you, if you flip it on its head and do what God told you to do, I'm, I'm preaching to myself, if I will seek the kingdom first, then all the other things will fall in line behind it appropriately. He'll take care of the rest. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.